Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. From the newsroom to the nursery. We're juggling a demanding career on live television with the demands of motherhood. I'm Katie. I'm Karen. And I'm Ingrid. They are anchor moms. Welcome to another episode of Anchor Moms, the podcast. I'm Ingrid. Katie and Karen are here as well. And uh, just before we get started, please subscribe to our podcast and leave a review. We always say that at the end of the podcast, but let's just go ahead and tell folks right now, if you have never left a review, it'd be awesome if you could do so. We also have an Instagram and Facebook page, but let's get started because we have an awesome podcast um, and it starts off with a, a travel story, which is something that I feel like we used to talk about Katie, a lot. What is this? A travel yeah. story? I Guys, know. is this 2019? Oh, I exactly. Not only your home, but your state. I mean, you like really left. Okay. Well, now that you've really made it dramatic. <laughs> yeah. I didn't leave. I didn't leave the country, guys. Um, so I did. I just got back um, a couple of days ago. I, I went to California to visit my sister. It was like a momentous journey because, you know, what's funny is the last time I was on a plane and traveled anywhere was to California back at the end of February um, to see her. So it was, oh, like really? full, it was like very full circle. And we sort of laughed about how. So I flew back from San Diego on March 1st. And then, of course what, like two or three weeks later, like the world shut down. Um, and I remember on that trip when she picked me up at the airport, it was like River and I, um, we had a full discussion about coronavirus and just like, oh, there's a couple of cases here and there. Like, what will it be? Who knows? Well, <laughs> now, we, now we know. Oh my gosh. Um, so, I mean, I feel like I need to say this. I did not take this decision lightly to go and visit her, but you guys know she's pregnant and I hadn't seen her and she only really has me. And we did a virtual baby shower and I went back and forth. I didn't book the flight until probably about two or three weeks before I went just because I was so on the fence about it. But um, ultimately we decided um, between the two of us and her family and my family that it, like the risk was worth the reward. And I hope I still feel that way in two weeks, but right now I'm feeling pretty good about it. But so I went um, I flew through uh, Greenville, South Carolina to Atlanta and then Atlanta to San Diego. And I will tell you, I had like a little bit of a panic attack on the way to the Greenville airport just because I was like, what? Like, when is the last time you guys even stood in a crowd? Just the idea of standing yeah. Yeah. like with a bunch of people was very intimidating. This is the world we live in. Um, but so the Greenville airport was like, which is a very small airport in South Carolina. There was like not a soul there, like maybe two dozen people. So I felt pretty good about that. Wow. Atlanta was a bit of a different story, um, much busier. But, you know, everybody wore masks. I flew Delta, which is an airline as of right now as we're recording this. I don't know if this will change. Um, blocked off their middle seats. Not all airlines are doing that. Um, but I booked it specifically. Wore my mask the whole time. And... Um, yeah, it was uh, fewer people, I would say, in the airport, but still pretty busy. 
lots of people wearing their mask improperly. I will tell you that. Like when <laughs> I like paid hardcore attention when I was in the airport, lots of people like pulling their masks down to talk on the phone, not wearing it over their nose. It's like, you don't want to be the mask police, but I like, I, it was like, I, it was, <laughs> I had to like hold myself back from saying things to people. Um, so but how yeah. did you drink your wine on the plane if you had to wear a mask? Um, this is no, so, so let me just tell you, they do not serve any beverages on the plane. Oh. I don't know how it is on different airlines, but they, like, hand you a baggie with, like, a water and some Cheetos. <laughs> oh, really? So that's it. Yep, yep. Um, much different than what, you know, of course, like, if I were normally, if this were non-COVID times and I was flying without my toddler and my husband, I would, like, definitely be having a glass of wine or two uh, flying cross country. So I said to Ingrid, the hardest part, and this makes me really respect healthcare workers, um, is that I had to wear a mask from, I would say, 1130 in the morning until eight o'clock at night, because that's how long it took to fly to Mm -hmm. San Diego from North Carolina. And guys, it's hard. It's uncomfortable, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, Yeah. So I I have a question. Yeah. Um, Question me. so with, cause I know they've talked about on the airlines, like increased ventilation and yeah. you know, you already, I feel like always feel kind of like stuffy and like, Ugh. did you feel okay on the plane or how, what was that like? Was it like, Ugh, or did you feel like you were getting, um, I don't know. I, I don't like, I don't know. Cause I don't, I'm not, I don't know. I'm not like a scientist. Like I'm not sure what the air ventilation situation was. I know that the, the people on the airline, like the um, stewardesses, they hand you Purell as you walk on and they ah. hand you like a hand sanitizer thing. So as soon as I sat down, I opened that up. I like wiped down my tray table. I wiped down my seat. I wiped my hands. Um, okay. I don't know. I will say this. I almost felt safer. And I've heard other people say this who have traveled. I almost felt safer in the plane that I did in like in the, the airport. actual airport. Um, and I don't even know why that is, but I just did. I felt like it was um, like controlled chaos in the plane. And in the mm-hmm. airport, it's just like a free fall, free fall. You know what I mean? Like people mm-hmm. are just yeah, like yeah. everywhere. And like some people are better at social distancing than others. Right. Um, so, yeah. I mean, ultimately right now, if you're asking me, I'm really happy that I went. It was so good to see my sister. Um, and it's just like a time in her life that I'll never get. I mean, um, yeah. you know, like you want to see your sister pregnant. So you want to yeah. like experience that with her. So I'm really happy that I went. Um, but I definitely yeah. would say, I mean, it was like not without concerns. Like Jen and I were on the sure. phone as I was driving to the airport. Like, this is the right decision, right? Like we oh. made this decision and this oh. is the right decision. Oh. Right. You know? Um, yeah. Yeah. So I have one more question. Did they enforce the masks on the plane? Like if somebody took a mask off, did the stewardess come around and say like, no, put your mask on. So I didn't see anybody, uh, taking it not- off taking it off except to to like eat like if you're going to drink water but even then it was very quick but I have Good. heard okay. other people have told me um that they've been on planes in which uh the stewardesses have enforced it so yeah. like have okay. said I need you to like and they did say like you know they make an announcement and they'll say like if we see you without your mask on we'll remind you to put it back on oh okay okay so well yeah um... Ingrid, if we, oh, ever, good. if we ever can travel now, we've got like some insight into what it's going to be like, right? I've been so, no, I honestly have been so curious. Like what, yeah, what is it like to be in an airport right now? And mm-hmm. I mean, most people, okay, are working from home and working virtually, but not everyone. And some people still travel to work, like for work all the time. Absolutely. So they're on planes constantly. Mm-hmm. So and yeah, I'm really happy for you. 
Yeah, yeah, a lot of kids. I was surprised at the amount of people that had kids um, traveling. Oh. But again, like some, you just, I have learned, you know, at first I was really hesitant to talk about this. I mean, we've all been hesitant to talk about any travel that we've done in the past couple of months because people pass judgment. But I think at this point in the pandemic, people are weighing the risks and decide. you can't judge people because you just have to no. accept the fact that people are doing what is right for them. Um, so, you know, even those people who were traveling with their kids, I, I, I think it makes, I mean, I think it's, I think it's hard to travel with kids period. And I think during a pandemic, it's even harder because I think you have to be that much more cautious about like, yeah. what are they touching? Wow. Where are they going? Like what's happening? So, Oof. yeah. Um, you know what though, Katie, like that, that is something that a time with your sister that you're never going to have again, you know, like, I'm just really glad that you went and it was such a good experience and that you have that memory now because yeah. you can't stop life altogether, you know, and now, now you've seen her and it's not going to be, I don't know. I just would have been really sad if you couldn't have seen her the whole time. No, I mean, I felt the same way. So I'm glad, like I said, I'm glad that I went. Um, and I'll keep you guys, if there's any repercussions, of course I will let <laughs> oh. you know, but but as of right now, I'm feeling pretty good. And uh, I don't think anybody was sick in her household either. So good. Good. We'll good. see. Well, let's, um, let's move on to the news of the day. <laughs> From the news desk. So the first article is a little bit lighter, which we all need something to laugh about these days, right? So this is called A Brief History of Questionable Parenting Advice from the New York Times. I love it. And the author, yeah, this is really funny, guys. The author said she just, uh, you know, needed a distraction from COVID life, all of it, and started digging through the archives to see what kind of parenting advice had popped up in the New York Times over the last century or so. And so she said there were some crazy ones. There were some that she was surprised were like the same things we're dealing with right now. Um, but the the crazy funny ones are, are what I want to talk about. One of them in 1902, uh, they said a doctor said, "Don't feed your babies bananas. Huh? Bananas are no good for children. They like mess up your baby. Don't feed them bananas," which is hilarious because my children eat bananas every day. Um, and then in 1919, this is the best. A doctor said, "Quote: Red wine is as toxic is toxic." Sorry. It's a tonic. A tonic. Yes. Yes. Sorry. <laughs> I maybe had had a glass of red wine when I was these notes. Uh, red wine was toxic, uh, was a tonic for weak children with amazing results. Basically telling them to give your children red wine. And liquor. Later on in the article, they mentioned liquor. Yes. You guys. Listen. And I love how they're like, and it just seems to work magically. Well, of course it yeah. does. Because your child out. passes right out. <laughs> you don't have to worry about getting them to sleep that night. I don't know. And they're tired the next yeah, day. So it's just really funny. Um, but there's also some things like in the 40s and 50s, or 30s and 40s rather, there was like an advice column that came out in the New York Times for parents. And some of the stuff that they talk about, don't play with knives, fireworks, or guns. Mm. Yep. Shocker. Shocker. I, I think we all know not to give our children knives, fireworks, or guns. Um, but then some other things that, you know, we're still dealing with. Should 13-year-olds wear lipstick? Uh, how much should kids learn in preschool? So it's funny to see, like, kind of what was on parents' mind and what parents were worrying about and the advice they were getting, you know, 100 years ago. Didn't stick. 
No. Well, no. I mean, doesn't no. that make you, and I'm always kind of like, oh my gosh, what are we, what's going to be like 50 years from now? What is it that we're doing that people are going to be gonna like? Be terrible. I mean, I'll just, will say this, like even my mother-in-law is always like, you know, when I had my kids, it was always like, put the babies down, like infants down on their stomach to go to mm-hmm. sleep. And now, I mean, it's, I mean, back is best, right? I mean, I feel like I had, mm-hmm. a, had swaddles that actually like had that inscribed in yeah. them. Yeah. 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 So it's just funny to see how things sort of, you know, go back and forth. Well, I mean, um, even like with, you know, those rock and plays, like yep. my first kid, mm-hmm. I mean, he's, he's not even, he's four and a half and they were fine four years ago. He slept in that rock and play for a really long time. And now they've like recalled them because yeah. children have turned oh, over really? and suffocated and oh, died. Yeah. Oh, yeah. oh yes. Really are, not, are you using <laughs> rock and play right now as we speak? <laughs> no, no, I'm not. You know, maybe um, go into another room right away. Well, River, you, well, I mean, they're not supposed to be sleepers. They're really just kind of like a makeshift swing, but I mean, River is um, not even two and a half and no joke. We used the rock and play. Uh, That was two, like two and a half years ago. See, we learned so much in just a few years. Like, just think about how much, yeah, how much, I mean, really what this means is like it, to me, the takeaway from this article is like, Hey, you should just do what you think is best. Right. Um, with a little input from like the doctors and scientists, but still just pretty much do what you think is best because all of this advice and research maybe means nothing in the end right yeah but also if you're a grandmother happening to be listening to this podcast yeah like, just because you did something with your children 30 40 years ago right. does not like mean been... that it's right. gonna work right now or that it's safe talk to us about that Ingrid it, it feels like you have a lot to say about that subject <laughs> I actually I wish I had like a really like scathing story but I don't my mom does like to put diaper cream on, like, everything. Like, get the diaper cream, get the diaper cream. Oh, she fell, get the diaper cream. <laughs> does it, but does it work? I mean, that I mean, sounds like I would listen to your mom. I'm not kidding. Well, your mom I would. We're kids. Like, yeah. I don't know. You guys all turned out great. Well, I don't know. We turned out okay. Yeah. I still um, use the, the same other, diaper cream. Yeah. The other thing I thought was funny was they talked about, like, the breastfeeding versus bottle in 1952. Which is, I didn't know it, the, the saga over that went back that long. Um, but he says, or they say in the article that, you know, it's really just you go to look at these certain time frames in history. And it was just like what people were feeling and thinking at that time. And then it just swung back and forth every 10 years yeah. or so. And yeah. it's just hilarious to me that it's like, just depends on when you happen to have your kids, what they happen to be saying at that time. And then, like Katie said, it's just like. Who knows really what the right answer is here, but like, yeah. you know, it's just hilarious that it changed so much over the last, you know, however well, many decades. It's just like what we say here all the time on the podcast is like, what works for one kid may not work for another kid. And what works for one family <laughs> may not work for another family. So, you know, here's, I feel like this is like proof in the pudding right here. These articles. Yeah. And there's also proof right here that if you wanted to give your kid red wine, like some, some doctors say it's okay. So I don't know. I don't know. You there you go. Pick and choose. Your Think own. about it. Think anyway. about it. I mean, you know, whatever works, for, whatever works for you, mom, whatever works for you. Right. Yeah. Um, so let's, let's get into our behind the scenes this week. Um, we wanted to talk about something that I think a lot of people, you know, obviously the election was just, uh, what, a couple of weeks ago, uh, still fresh on our minds, especially with, with, with what's going on. Um, and I think a lot of people who aren't in news, um, maybe don't quite, I don't know, understand or think about exactly what goes into a big election night coverage for a news team. 
Um, so I wanted to talk about that a little bit. Um, you know, we had, you guys know, no one is in our building right now, really, except essential people like Katie and Ingrid right now. There's, you guys are in the building because you just got off the morning show, but how many people are there right now? Not very many, right? Just a couple of, of I would say like, to be there. I mean, in the newsroom right now, there's probably two people. Okay. Maybe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which is Maybe. very unusual. Yeah. Um, so on election night, of course, we had to bring in, a, they had to bring in a lot of people, right, to cover this huge um, event, this huge thing happening. And so it was interesting. So I went in the building that night um, to help out. And it was interesting because everyone there was like, oh my gosh, there haven't been this many people in the newsroom in nine months, right? So it was crazy, but it was also so different. You know, we've all, three of us covered elections in the past as, as journalists. And it was different. It felt like there was a very different vibe. Um, I think one, because of COVID, I th- of course, you know, even in the newsroom, I-, I haven't been in the newsroom during this pandemic, but everybody's very worried about the mask. I was worried about it just because I hadn't been there, you know? Um, so that was a different vibe. And you, you almost kind of, at, at some point you kind of get into the swing of it and everybody's working and it's election night. There's lots of things happening and, and things coming in and you kind of forget almost. And then I would see a reporter out in the field doing an interview with a candidate or something. And they're so far away, right? Because they have to stay six feet yeah. away. And, and it's kind of like that, that reminder of like, oh yeah, like even the people in the field are interviewing and doing their job covering this, this election that's, you know, a historic election. Um, under the the precautions of COVID, right? It was just a very different election night for me. Um, and I know you guys came in the next morning and had to kind of hit the ground running and 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 kind of take over all of that news. And and that next morning, of course, we still didn't know who the president was. Yeah, that was a change, right? Um, yeah. Maybe maybe COVID related, um, only because I think a lot of people took advantage of early voting and mail-in ballots because of the uh, because of the pandemic, and then of course, so that led to a lot of votes not being tallied until after election night. Um, so yeah, it's funny. We had Ingrid was making fun of me because we had a, a an election. I mean, this was complicated stuff, right? For like the lay yeah. person to understand like the electoral votes and like the counting. And mm-hmm. you know, I'm bad at math anyway. So we had a um a, an expert come in from one of the local universities, and I was like, I mean, thank goodness we had him because otherwise, I was like. I didn't even know the, I was like, am I like asking the right questions? I was like, is this in the teleprompter? Like it was just, you know, it was not cut and dry, like elections mm-hmm. that we are used to, right? Normally you come in, you work a morning you show read the and numbers. by, by 4.30 in the morning, you're like, here's your next president guys. Here's like who won the Senate. Here's like your house of representatives. Not that way in 2020. Um, so in terms of that, really interesting. And even like the, in the days preceding, right? It wasn't like election day was on Tuesday and Wednesday was confusing, but we had things ironed out by, by third. Like we were still doing the same thing Thursday morning and Friday morning. So, yeah. And I, and obviously I'm the morning meteorologist, so I, you know, I'm not covering the election, but again, like what Karen was saying, um, the energy is just different. Like election mm-hmm. day, night, the next morning is like the busiest day of the year of the next four years. Like people are talking about this for months and months and months prior. Um, and you can feel it even here in the weather department, you know, like it's kind of exciting. You know, we get, we kind of get a thrill. I feel like as journalists on election night, um, you know, whether your candidate wins or not, obviously it doesn't matter when you're a journalist because you're just kind of riding that high. Wouldn't you guys agree? Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was, I was, 
you know, thinking about it, I hadn't been in the building in so long and I was excited and glad that I got to go in and be a part of it. I think I would have felt like I was missing out if I was just at yeah. home. Mm-hmm. Uh, watching it from my sofa because yeah, every, every year, every, or every four years, you know, however, um, even for the smaller elections, every time you go in and cover those, you do feel this, um, responsibility. Um, it's exciting, but it's also a responsibility as journalists for us to get this information out. It's something that everybody wants to know. Um, yeah. And I do think there was a different vibe this year. Um, you know, and, and I think since then we've seen a lot of, a lot of stuff on social media about kind of journalists coming under attack for how how some people have handled this and and I hate that because I feel like people might not realize how much we uh um take on this role we do it willingly but we also do it with a lot of care and concern you know we're very careful with how we say things with um how we report things right like we're wanting to make sure that we are doing this in the best way possible as as respectable journalists. And so it's hard to see some of that stuff. Um, especially I think this election was just a lot different. Um, yeah, it's not easy to be a journalist right now. It's really just not easy. It's not, it's not, a lot of people are coming under attack and and you hate to see that because we do take it very seriously and yeah, it's, it's a crazy, it's a crazy thing, but we'll see, um, we'll see what transpires in the weeks ahead, huh? Cause it's still not really over. (laughs) Exactly. Kind of like the pandemic and the podcast going. This podcast, it keeps going. It's not keeps over going. Yet. It is, you know, hopefully you're crafting your review right now. You're thinking about all these wonderful things we're saying to post on um, Apple. Anchor Moms is brought to you by Wilderness at the Smokies, the Smokies' largest water park resort. Get out of the house and into the wilderness. So let's head to <laughs> our next article. This one is from moms.com. Um, and this is a little techie here, but I think it's, it's worth listening to because you're really going to benefit from it. So boomerang, not the boomerang you're thinking that app, you know, that you can do a little dance for 10 seconds or whatever. This is a different boomerang app, but this woman, she's a mom and she is one of the app developers. And she says that this app will make your life easier because it will help with expediting your emails. Um, working moms have been spread so thin that this little app made by a mom might ease your workload. So I did go to my app store and I found this app. Now it is literally called boomerang, but it's the email version of boomerang, not the one that you have probably already on your phone. So this app is to ease your workload. It eliminates, for example, things like scheduling meetings. You know, when you try to schedule like us, like, when do you want to record the podcast? I don't know. Eight o'clock reply to this email. I don't know, maybe 745 and you're going back and forth, back and forth. Well, there's a way. And she says the average amount of back and forths for that is eight emails. I believe it. Think about it. Guys, guys, (laughs) we text back and forth and email back and forth. And sometimes we text to like, say, like, check your email. Like, I know it's, I mean, like, yeah. So maybe this is is the app for us. It supposedly eliminates this back and forth issue. Um, you can schedule meetings with a magic live calendar. Um, and they go on in this article to talk to this app developer, this mom, and, you know, she is, uh, an app developer founder. She works from home. I mean, she's, you know, a full-time working mom and she, what she does is a tip. She gives the listeners, the viewers, the readers, whatever they are, turn off your email notifications <laughs> when you're with your kids. Do you guys get email notifications? No, to your I phone? don't get email notifications anyway. Mm-hmm. Okay. So mm-hmm. we're good. A lot of yeah. people do. Um, so, and- yeah this daily like you know you're going to pick up your kids from school at five o'clock 
So just stop them from coming in from five to six or, you know, like make sure you give yourself that quality time with your kids, which we talk a lot, a lot about. Um, but this app looks like, Hey, it could work. I mean, I, okay. I, I can't look at my phone right now because I'm Skyping with you guys. But if you looked at my emails, you might have a heart attack because I have like thousands of unread emails. I'm like that person that never, <gasps> me, ever, too. No, me too. I never mm-hmm. check my email. I don't, delete, I, never delete I don't them. delete emails. Yeah. I never delete, I don't emails. delete emails either. My but husband like those. freaks out when he sees my phone. Yes. Same. Do you know, I have like 300 like text messages. How bad is that? That's like what I am. That's oh, like, yeah. No, that's no, that's too far. No, I just can't like, I can't keep up with it all. But I will say this Ingrid, like you make me laugh because sometimes I'll be like, um, did you see that email? And you're like, no, no. And I'm like, yeah, the email, unless it's specifically addressed to me, I don't really like get emails. (laughs) Like I don't do email. (laughs) I miss, I miss a few things, but really if someone wants to get your attention, they just (laughs) will call you or text you. (laughs) Well, there you have it. There yeah. you have it. Yeah. I mean, anyways, check out the app. I, I love it. I cannot tell you how much time do you waste trying to find an email, oh, right? Like, yes. I feel like Carrie, you have an issue with finding crazy. emails lately. I do. I don't know what is wrong, but I and I like look through. I feel like every morning I try to go through until the last time I saw it the night before, and I still feel like I miss so many emails. I don't know how much. Too much. I'm gonna blame Outlook. I don't know. I mean, no. we'll download this app. I think it might be you. I wouldn't worry. Yeah, I think it's you. <laughs> I'd say <laughs> just gonna be honest. All right. Yeah. All right. Thank okay. You, Katie. Well, Katie, You're this welcome. is you. What's this You're last one? Yeah. Okay. So this is a good one. And I, this really like hits home for me right now. And like the stage of life in which I'm in, it's from the Washington post. It's my two-year-old hits me. How can I respond better? Um, and this is a woman who says her son is three years old. Um, and sometimes when he's mad or frustrated, he will hit her. Um, she's tried timeout. She's tried walking away. She's tried talking to him and scolding him, but he returns to the hitting when he doesn't um, and she's basically asking um, this this expert uh, at the Washington Post who's written a couple of uh, books, um, like, what do you advise that I do? Um, and so the expert basically breaks it down. Um, and she says that hitting is basically like a form of frustration for two-year-olds. Um, and she says, um, when a young child hits, that means there has been an explosion of frustration energy. Um, the child cannot handle his big emotions because he is immature. The energy comes out of his body physically. So basically she says, um, you know, scolding time out, it just adds to the frustration of your toddler. And you can't really re- I, you guys know, cause you have toddlers, you can't really reason out logic with a toddler. And when you do, it just becomes confusing and it's just another source of frustration. Um, so instead of like timeouts, um, or scolding, um, she, uh, this author says that it's really be- better to figure out like what's actually causing that behavior. So in other words, like prevention versus reaction, So she gives an example, like if you know your kid is hungry and that's, he can't really express that he's hungry and it just comes out as like this frustration and then violence, like try to head that off, which I think I'm going to be totally honest. I think is sort of like simplifying the whole issue just a little bit. Um, This article was good for me because River is in this phase where sometimes she thinks it's funny. Like she'll do it. um, Like even when she's not necessarily frustrated, but she'll just like reach out and like, it doesn't hurt yet, but like, she'll like, you know, like hit me in the face or hit me in the shoulder. And then she likes it because she sees it gets a reaction from me. Like it makes me pay attention to her. I say river, like, don't do that. And I'm like at this point where I'm just worried that it's going to 
if she gets older, it's going to um, hurt people. She's going to do it to somebody else. It's just bad behavior. And, and like, what do you do about it? Scolding hasn't seemed to, to help either. Um, so the author basically says, too, that you can walk away, which is sometimes what I do um, with River. But it's interesting. She, she also talks about just sort of like um, getting down on, you know, like their level and, and like talking to them a little bit about it before it escalates. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I'm going to try some of these tips. Um, but I thought it was I also thought it was interesting because she starts out saying, like, I would be basically rich. I'd be able to take like a vacation if I had like a nickel for every parent who says that their toddler is like going through this hitting phase. I mean, I think really what it should be one line in this article that says almost all kids will grow out of it in a yeah. year. Mm-hmm. Like just hold on. Yeah. And like my, we have, you know, my son is now four and a half. Um, we don't have those issues really anymore, but when he was, I would say two and a half, three and a half, I feel like yeah. that's kind of the window, at least it has been for us of that, that physical reaction with kids. I mean, we tried absolutely Thing, the ignoring, even with, if he did it to another kid, we would like try to ignore it at first. Even if he's like, you know how hard that is if somebody's hitting, like, yeah. you know, their friend. Um, it, it was a really big issue for a little while, and we tried everything, and then eventually one day it just stopped. And I know yeah. that's not much help to parents, and I this is just my one example, but I just the kids just have to learn how to express their feelings. And yes, you can help them try to get to that point, but they also just have to kind of grow up. Like how timeout doesn't work for a one-year-old because they just can't comprehend that yet. Right. It just takes some time for these children to get to the point right. where they realize that's not how I should express myself. And I know that's like a defeating answer, but for me, I'm just like, now that I have another two-year-old yeah. and it's starting again, like I've been down this road, I'm like, okay, like here it goes. This next year, it's going to be yeah. rough. <laughs> you know what yeah. I mean? Do you know what River does, which I think is like such a funny, like adult thing to do is like, she'll hit, but really she does, she hits like more, like I said, is like a, like, she thinks it's funny and then waits for my reaction. But when she really gets mad, she takes puppy and like throws puppy across the room and takes her <laughs> books and like slams the books into the ground, which like to yeah. me is such a like, that's like something like an adult would do is like throw something across the room. Yeah, yeah. Like I have to like struggle, like not to laugh. Cause I'm like, you're, that's like, you're so ridiculous. Like you're like, you know, two feet tall and you're like throwing books across the room and like your frustration. <laughs> but yeah. Well, I, um, I am hopeful that, that my children will also grow out of this, but I have to say, Henry still kind of does this sometimes. Really? We, we mm-hmm. still have some issues with this and it cracked me up that, did you guys notice the example in the article? Maybe say to your child, Henry, I see you're frustrated. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> that was like the example kid in the article was Henry. And I was like, huh, interesting. That is my child who has this. <laughs> yeah. Still dealing with this issue. Um, yeah, I, I think that it, this had a lot of good points, though. Um, and I think that, that there are other ways to go about this. I think as you're like banging your head against the wall, like, what can I do to fix this? This is just some like other other things to try, which is always helpful. And I do think that the preventing rather than reacting if we can especially with him like somehow figure out like see it coming and then stop it before it gets there and then obviously it's just a million times better the other thing I thought was interesting about this article was this particular parent said it only happens at home um and that's something that we experience he's much harder on me even than even than um Gregory um but I said something to, to his preschool and they're like oh no he's perfect here I was like oh interesting <laughs> 
Okay. Well, that's good though. Um, it's good. I think, yeah. And I think to your point, Ingrid, I think some of this is just like, they have to work it out. They have to figure out how to handle themselves, you know? And I also feel like poor kid, like I'm stressed right now. Right. We've talked about this before. Like there's a lot going on right now. Like if you're going to have some meltdowns, like I, I have some meltdowns and I'm an adult yeah. who yeah. I understands COVID, you know? Um, but anyway, well, I do need to let you guys know, cause I thought you would appreciate this. Um, she recommends two books at the end of this article and mm-hmm. I Amazoned one of them, the no drama discipline book. Cause I was like, you know, oh, what? Nice. Like, do I need to get like a, you know, I like to like read my parenting books. Mm-hmm. I was like, I feel like I need to get a better handle on this and I'm going to like read it and share it with the anchor mom. So yes, it's coming that. tomorrow. Great. It's coming tomorrow okay, in the mail. Good. Good. Um, I'll probably like River will probably be 15 by the time I get through it. So this will be a moot point, but maybe I can share it with my grandkids, you know, like it'll be, it'll be one of those things. So yeah. Oh my gosh, you guys, I just got a text coming in from my husband that says, don't forget Liesl has a doctor's appointment tonight or today shots. Uh, did you, you guys, you remember my shot story from last yes. time? Yeah. Yes. Did you tell oh, him gosh. that there's um, the potential for some severe weather here today and you will not I will be, be able stuck to make at it? work. You yeah. have to take Bummer. the kids. You have to do it. Actually, I made him take them for their flu shot. Whoo, was he nervous? I I did wow. not schedule I did not schedule it, but I was at work at that time and I could not make it and it was bad. I mean bad. Like my son started screaming and like kicking in the, um, the, the like waiting room, waiting like room. before they even got into the, yeah. So Anyways. are you going to, what are you going to do? Are you going to like take Lisa or are you going to make John do it? Yeah. Well, Lisa's really not the problem. So I think it'll be okay. Uh, it was she's really like, like I a, forgot. She's like the golden child. Well, right. she's just too little to have a well, long-term memory. So hold on. <laughs> if you like, um, if you decide that you can't make it to Lisa's shots, you can, just, you can lift these weights. You can't, you can't see it. You can't see it at home. Are those 15 pounders? Those must uh, be mine. I think, I think they're 50s. Um, I'm, I'm Skyping at uh, Ingrid's uh, desk. Out. Ingrid is in the newsroom or in the uh, studio right now. And I'm Skyping uh, in, in her uh, little office area, which, which has a closed door as opposed to the newsroom, which is where my desk is. And she has like um, weights in here underneath. Yep. Just, how much? What are I, those, um, Ingrid? Ten pounders? What's going on? They're they're thirty um, five pound weights. Oh, they're they're uh-huh. five. They, they look they're five. five. They're five. Okay, they're five. They're five. And I'm actually like I'm, <laughs> I'm annoyed that I didn't do curls like the whole time we were this doing time. this podcast. Yeah. So you, hey, as a mother, you have to multitask. Okay, oh, you do. Is that what you do? On? Yeah, you okay. do. You do. Well, you never know I, when you need a dumbbell. I appreciate your hustle. <laughs> I appreciate your hustle, Ingrid. I used to have five pounders at work. I get it. It's, you gotta, you gotta get it in when you can. You know. Yeah. Totally. Mm-hmm. Okay, guys. Well, thank you for listening to another. Um, oh wait, we win. have a win. Oh, what? Oh, we do. Win of the week. I forgot. I thought the weights were the win. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> the weights should be the win because I, I was supposed to have a win this week, and when I thought about it, oh, the first thing you don't I have a win was. Well, I do, but when I was thinking about it in, in advance, the first thing I thought was, it's been a rough week for us. No one has COVID in my family. Is that, mm-hmm. can that be That's a, a win? win? That's yeah. a win. <laughs> uh, no, but I do have a, 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 another win that I thought of. It has been a rough week, and I had a really rough day the other, the other day. It was the morning, and you know those days where, like, everybody cries very early on in the day. There's, like, lots of emotion. You're just like, oh, this is going to be a day. Mm-hmm. Um, I realized, though, I hadn't eaten, and it was, like, 11, and so I was like, there's nothing in the house. I need to go to the grocery. 
like, oh, I found an English muffin. I'm like, I'm going to toast this English muffin, put some peanut butter on it. That's going to be, that's what I got. It's easy and quick. I'm late with work stuff, blah, 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 blah. So I get it out. I take one bite. I'm like, oh, wow, this is really good. I just needed to eat, right? My day's bad. I just needed to eat. That was all I needed. The next thing that happened was somehow I dropped the English muffin upside down on my table. Thankfully, it didn't fall on my work computer, but it did fall, of course, peanut butter, like all over the table, right? It just like smashed down. It was not good. And then here's the win. Here's the win. Yeah. Like where's the win? I looked down and realized there was a huge piece of spot of mold on the bottom of the English muffin that I hadn't realized. (laughs) This is your win? Because listen, guys, if I hadn't dropped the English muffin, I would have eaten mold, like a lot of mold. So, thank goodness, I this is a win. I didn't eat mold this week, oh, this, and you would have you like, would have gotten this sick. You maybe my had life. a tummy ache. Yes, it like, would have been a whole thing. Happened, but somehow what did you like? I so wait, what did you end up eating? Time. What did you end up eating after that? Nothing. I just was like, well, then I just started crying. I think. And, and just moved on with my life. But anyway, that was my win, that you never know when you spill something, what good could come of it, right? Like, wow. you gotta look at the silver lining here, folks. I like you that. Gotta, you gotta, you have to download this app. It's called Uber Eats. And yeah. they will actually, yeah, right? they will bring you food. They will bring you food. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I might do it. I might cave and do it this week. Good. Um, anyway, hope okay. everyone has a wonderful week and hope we have a, um, maybe a, a better win next week. Maybe you guys I can, hope so. can really bring out. No, I love that win. That was great. It's, it's been, it's been a struggle fest over in our house the past week, but <laughs> it's okay. Next week will be better. Uh, all right. Thanks all right. for listening guys. Bye guys. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Thank you moms. Thanks for listening.